Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason, and I'm from San Francisco, California, in the U.S., and I'm here in Wuhan, China. Mm, hi. Hello. This is Bebe. Hi, Jason. This is Bebe. I'm from Beijing, China. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Topic for today, which is art. Huh. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about art in the U.S. Art. So, so well, let me ask you, first of all, do you like paintings? Uh, do I like paintings? I like paintings. I even used to paint when I was like in high school. So do you, do you have a favorite genre or favorite artist? Not really. My life is very, very, very far from art <laughs> right now. <laughs> and I mean, I will elaborate if we have the time out that will just show you um, how far I am removed from anything that's, you know, beautiful and art artistic um but go ahead tell me about art in the well, states um i'm a big fan of art i when i used to live in san francisco oh, i would go nice. to the museum of modern mm. art in san francisco which is not the same as moma mm. in uh, new york but it was quite something they had a couple of picassos that mm. they were always on display like permanent permanent parts of the exhibition that i would always oh wow mm -hmm. go, you know really like oogle over and on the third floor they had constantly changing exhibits so i would see uh, chuck close do you know who chuck close is no <clears throat> should i know chuck close well i <laughs> know not necessarily okay. i mean i'm a big fan of chuck close but i'm not you know i don't think most people really like art that much it's kind of like a niche thing spell? chuck his name is Chuck, like C-H-U-C-K, close, C-L-O-S-E, Chuck Close. And I'm a huge fan of oh. his. He ended up in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. but what he could do is Aww. make these really large paintings, super large usually, of like, mostly when you walk up really close to the painting, you, there would be like little triangles that were yellow and circles that were red and just like mm. weird shapes and things. Very boring, bland kind of stuff. But when you stepped back from the painting, it would become super realistic and look like that actual, like a portrait of someone's face that's made up of all of these little shapes and triangles and configurations. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen those paintings or the, the computer generated pictures of a, of a picture mm -hmm. that's made up of other pictures? I've seen that. Uh, you know, there are all kinds of videos um, and I've seen some of them. They, when you look really, really close, like each one could be a picture of its own like a little panda right, or yeah, like a, exactly. a, like a clip or something and then when you pull back and it turns into something completely <laughs> different yeah yeah, yeah. Th this computer generated like ability actually followed chuck close chuck close invented this idea mm. so you know yeah you mentioned pixels in the old tv tubes that were literally like a tube that had you know really deep mm -hmm. and you would walk up to the tv screen and look really really close it would be just little mm. yellow and green and red dots everywhere mm. this is kind of the same thing and he just mastered the ability to know how color combinations mm -hmm. would work at a distance so that he could paint these amazing and beautiful so i i used to go to moma 
I was in my uh, bachelor's and master's degree while I was in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and I would go to MoMA often. I never got the membership, which was probably a mistake, but I had the uh, student ID. <laughs> right. And with the student ID, I could go and just go whenever I wanted for an incredible discount. Mm. And so I would go there very often and just like oogle at all the paintings. I, I moved, eventually moved to South Korea. There was a place called the Biennale there, mm. the uh, Gwangju Biennale, and I would go there. I came to Beijing and I'm like, okay, I need to find some art. And <laughs> where did you there's go? There's a ton of it. Well, firstly, Chijoba. Oh, I have been there. You know Chijoba, right? Yes. It's very Seven, nine, eight. far from wh- where I lived. It was like the other end of Beijing for me. I did visit, but to be honest, I was there more for just checking out because, mm. mm. you know, <laughs> it's famous for mm. being like artsy mm. and modern. You know, that's where young people go. Mm. One of the things I read about when I, before I came to Beijing, actually, was that you could get replicas of paintings made. So if you really like, you mean like fake ones, for example, <laughs> I, yeah, fake. We exactly. So you know, a lot of people buy prints. You know, mm. I really liked Marcel Duchamp's Nude Descending a Staircase Number Two, hmm. which is not a nude. It's just this really abstract painting. It looks like movement on a staircase. It's it's amazing. And I was like, oh. you know, I so I bought the print. I went there to Chijoba and I found a painter. And I was like, here's my print. Can you make this? And he he was like, yeah, sure, no problem. He didn't even. He told me to get rid of the print, and he just painted it out of like memory, like or something. Really? Yeah. I, Wait, I, as with was hmm. it oil painting or watercolor? Yes, yeah, so he made an oil replica of the original. Wow, how long did that take? A couple of hours. What? What? <laughs> yes. I, yes. There's masters that just has sit around and just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's going to cost you a couple thousand RMB, whatever. And you just start doing it. Uh-huh. Plus materials. They just have these amazing painters that can paint anything. Wow. Like There are just so many of them that they just sit on the street and they just offer their services to people. Oh, I really like Van Gogh. Can you paint me this Van Gogh? Yeah, sure. Whatever. No problem. Here you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> Here's your Van Gogh. <laughs> wow. So wait, how much did it cost for you to repaint that? I don't remember what the, the imitation because I had to pay uh, separately for the cost of the actual oils and the canvas and stuff. I don't remember that cost, mm-hmm. but it was two thousand for the service. Mm-hmm. You know, this was like two thousand and thirteen or so, about a year after I'd arrived in Beijing. That's pretty pricey, I would say. Yeah, but it's worth it. I think it's it would cost it. more now. I, I honestly think if mm-hmm. you find these people in twenty twenty one, you're going to be paying a lot more than that. I think I got lucky. Yeah, and it was a different time. You know, a different mm-hmm. period of. It, time in, in Beijing where maybe this work wasn't as easy to find. You know, it's not just Chijoba. Beijing is covered in art districts. Mm. So there's um, a place, you know, Pingua community near Shuangjing. There's a whole art district right yes. there too. I used to take my piano lesson there. So, you know, they're like, oh, yeah. that's where artists live, where models live a lot from mm-hmm, foreign mm-hmm, countries mm-hmm. and uh, musicians, uh, you know, and it was also really, really, really far from where I lived. So I used to take the subway for like over an hour, um, like two transfers and to go there for my piano lessons. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know that um, area, but I've never really, you know, delved into the artistic side of it. Tell me about it. Interesting. Well, there's a huge art gallery there. Mm. I think it's called Today Art. 
I'm not actually sure. It's super massive. Mm. And then there's another one that is very similar to it that mirrors the same. So, you know, there's, there's these giant bodies of like with giant heads and smiling elaborately in front of that area. I, I'm just thinking about that because I, I vaguely remember some kind of mm, like mm. weird statues outside. And I was going yeah, to yeah, ask yeah, yeah. if, <laughs> you know, that's where you're talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That They look silver or like chrome. They're actually painted in red and they're mm. statues all over Beijing. I've gone into people's homes and they have little replicas of these in their homes. You can buy them at the like the art mm. store inside of an art gallery. They're like little mm-hmm. little replicas, but they have them mm-hmm. in they have them in Chijoba or seven nine eight, and they also have them in the Pingua community and also in mm-hmm. Wukasong. There's another giant art gallery there, mm-hmm. and you have to pay to go in to see different exhibits. But they have in these art galleries they rotate art through you know foreign artists' work too. So wow. you can are go. Are they mm-hmm. are they surviving fine? Oh, I these think days? more than fine. I think more than fine. When I go to the Wukasong one, mm-hmm. I I look in. It's rammed sometimes, and there's just lines of people trying to get in. Wow. I, there's so much art to see in Beijing and so many mm-hmm. art galleries and they're all over they're little niche ones everywhere too like you know you would imagine you would go to LA and you would find lots of um, art galleries and artisans and just like the same right if you're looking on the lookout in mm-hmm. Beijing they're all over the place as well <sighs> so you, you know, know- I'm listening to you and I'm actually writing things down <laughs> as places I will visit. But I'm like imagining way into the future, like when my daughter gets into like college or something. <laughs> there are like a whole list of things. I've been... You could bring your daughter now. You should That's expose true. her to art now when she's young. Yeah. And then she'll have an appreciation for it. My daughter is actually quite an artist. Um, it's yeah. a surprise, but she's still in like the cartoon age and she's, mm-hmm, you know, drawing mm-hmm. her own. Um, she draws every day. Uh, she paints a little bit and she's been drawing um, since she was like three. You know, she she's very talented. But I, what I mean is like, you know, for myself, someday in the future when I have the freedom and the space and to to be myself again, you know, to live for myself again. You know, there are a whole list of things I would do. I would be going mm, back mm, to, mm. Uh, you know, the music halls for performances, classical music. And then NCPA. Yeah. yeah and then also these uh, art galleries. I've uh, for many times I've imagined me just by myself, you know, going <laughs> dressed nicely instead of in my pajamas day in, day out um, <laughs> and going to art galleries uh, just, um, you know, to chill, to be close to beautiful. Well, things. you could wear your pajamas to an art gallery, baby. And the thing is, mm-hmm. you know, that w- they, they would just think you're really cool and trendy. You know, that's true. <laughs> if I if I just, you know, pretend to be really confident. Yeah. Um, yeah. They all think, you know, she did this on purpose. That's what she wants to do. Yeah. You get, yeah, you so get one of those hats with a ball on the end mm-hmm. of it. You know, the really old school uh, pajamas with the, all the details. <laughs> You know, you know, if you, you want to go with your daughter, I highly recommend you go to Wukasong. There's a place mm. near the art gallery there. You'll see it. I and mean, if you just walk around for like 15 mm-hmm. minutes, you'll find it. There is a place where it's about the size of someone's living room or about twice as large. You walk in mm-hmm. and there are paintings everywhere that look identical and they run classes there. You don't need an appointment. You just walk in and say, oh. I'd like to paint. And they say, OK, it's this much per hour or how many. And you mm. just you and your daughter could both sit down and start painting. They'll give you the oil. They'll give you mm-hmm. the canvas. They'll give you everything that you need right there. Mm. And she could just be exposed to actually painting immediately without the need to hire a tutor or right. have someone come to your house or go to like a studio because Th- it's just like a studio you can just walk in on the street and it's like, hey, you want to go? Mm-hmm. Another thing, mm-hmm. pottery, pottery, you know. Oh, uh, she's done pottery like ceramics. Oh, okay, they, cool. They're yeah. very popular classes for kids. She started when she was like 
you know, four. That's cool. Um, she loves it, rolling out the dough and everything. And uh, you can actually, you know, the the teacher can actually, I guess, do you call it bake it? <laughs> you know, put it in the super hot oven. And you can yeah, get them back yeah, yeah. as uh, pieces you can use at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and the art class you mentioned, you know, I've seen it. There's this one coffee shop that I went to and at the, in the corner, because it was pretty large, and there was this small art class going mm. and a few ladies mm-hmm. um, and there was a teacher there and they were all painting from, you know, the same uh, picture, mm-hmm. flowers and things like that. Mm-hmm. It was very, very nice. And I know that there are classes you can take adults or especially for, for kids. Beijing, in addition to having really mm-hmm. nice painting districts, actually, I'll just really quickly, sticking on painting for a sure. second, I went to see an art district here in uh, Wuhan. Mm. I think it's called 498. I went there. It looked all kind of... Why are they all numbers? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think it's like, it's very trendy to name it after mm-hmm. the address. Oh, it's the name of the... Ad- oh. Anyways, we went there and there's a huge art gallery here too and a huge art scene. We also went to the Wuhan Art Gallery. That's where we went. It was amazing. Actually, I have to say, mm-hmm. it kind of was a little better than what they have in Beijing. Really? Really? <laughs> it, it was, it's like a national kind of, or like a, maybe a Hubei regional kind of thing for the province. Mm-hmm. But it was several floors, sculptures, paintings, some amazing, really beautiful, like postmodern kind of exhibits and stuff. Wow. Let us take photos. Not all art galleries let you take photos, mm-hmm. but we were able to walk around with like full on big cameras and like take pictures of all the stuff. Mm. And, you know, and it's just amazing stuff there. Just beautiful. Wuhan Art Gallery. So Wuhan Art Gallery. So it's not one of those boring places, right? Because if you tell me that, you know, oh, I went to our Wuhan Art Gallery, it sounds like they have exhibits that's been there since like 1980. And it's like the same thing, but it's not. It sounds interesting. They have that too, because most art galleries have like a permanent exhibit mm-hmm. that they're based on. There was a little section. Mm-hmm. It's like a history area about the history of art in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. But they also had like a giant gum wrapper, for example. Huh? There was like a taller than you giant ceramic gum wrapper that's it looks like someone has finished their gum wrapper okay. crumpled up in their hand and thrown it on the ground uh-huh. and there's just a giant ceramic version of that i was so my wife and i went for a distance away mm-hmm. and tried to pretend that our hand was dropping this thing and stuff and take wow, pictures okay. but there's some really cool stuff there just amazing uh sculptures on the the top floor actually we were going through there making a vlog and we found this mm-hmm. traditional chinese mm-hmm. style painting it was actually not traditional it was like 1995 or something uh, of this woman standing directing traffic and it looked like she was in like the 1940s during maybe the war against the Japanese mm. and there are all these soldiers going mm. by and students going by and I was examining the piece you know kind of like a student would mm. you know talking about it for the vlog and a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. who thought oh he, this guy seems like he knows what he doing, he's doing they all accumulated behind <laughs> and started asking questions of me and I was like <laughs> they thought you were the guide or something they thought, this guy must know about art and i was like i don't know i'm just some guy (laughs) (laughs) oh he's just being humble i'm sure he knows yeah then but did you a couple people do you speak chinese followed me i don't but my wife was started translating for me okay nice Mm. but then a couple people actually started following me around the art gallery (laughs) after that and like (laughs) listening to me talk to the my wife who's holding the camera for the vlog Mm -hmm. and it's like uh yeah i'm just some guy (laughs) guys they're like well you do know uh, you know a lot much more than ordinary people about art because most of us 
probably don't really have time for all that. Um, at least not like the mid segment of our lives mm -hmm. of um, probably, you know, in the future. I think I took one course of like art appreciation in college, but that was like mm. not that informative. Actually, you know what I found out from learning about art mm. is if you see a painting and you like it and you think that the colors are cool and you think something about it, that's true. Like mm. it doesn't need to be interpreted right. for you exactly. by someone who knows about art. Mm. Let me tell you a really good example. Mm -hmm. Actually, I want to go back. I mentioned Marcel Duchamp earlier. There was this painter named Marcel Duchamp, and he thought that the mm. art critics were just a bunch of puffed up nobodies who were just <laughs> didn't actually know what they were talking about. And they were just making a career out of pomp and, you know, using mm -hmm. their accent and attitude. So he did this installation where he took a urinal and he painted his name on it in black pen. And then he was like, he put this into the New York Museum of Modern Art. And they were like, oh, my gosh, you're so brilliant. And this says this and that. And, mm. and actually, he was just like, no, man, I'm just trying to I was trying to see if I can get a urinal into the Museum of Modern Art. Uh -huh. You know what's really interesting? Uh -huh. This has so many different angles to it. It's actually really famous. Mm. They thought that he made fun of the art critics. Art critics thought that was so powerful mm. that now that there are replicas of this urinal in museums all over the world wow. signed by Marcel Duchamp. Can you imagine? So you could, what a story. Yeah, so it's actually him making fun of art critics and the art critics are like, oh wow, so brilliant. You're making fun of us. We don't know what we're talking about. Brilliant. Let's put this all over the world. But then it is special in a way because I think if it's someone else trying to make the same point, they might not have chosen the same object. Mm, so mm. maybe in a way, it was an artistic expression of his unsatisfaction yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, about art critics. So interesting. Where else? He's actually to that in a second. One thing that's really interesting is he wasn't just an artist. He was also kind. I don't know if this is the word science is right or mechanics or something, mm. but he took photos of mm. horses galloping because he and a friend had a bet that he claimed mm. that the horse at some point when it was galloping fast, at least that it's completely off of the ground. I think so. Yeah. And so he he was the one actually proved this using, you know, really fast photography, which was available during his lifetime. Mm -hmm. He took photos of horses galloping and showed that horses, in fact, have moments when they're galloping, when they're completely right, off not the ground. in contact with the ground. Mm. And so I think he actually has a very fascinating life. You were going to say, where else have I been? Is that it? Yeah, but I <laughs> wanted to say something else. Sure, um, sure. Because you mentioned that you know, art, sometimes it doesn't really need to be over-interpreted, mm -hmm. right? It's something you bond in a way, spiritually. Mm. And I do believe in that. And as I mentioned that, my daughter loves... Um, she's very artistic and but I've never really sent her to any art lessons. Mm, mm. Um, she just, you know, I found out that she loved to draw and loved to play with paint. So I brought her these huge sheets of paper that she can just spread on the ground and she can sit on it and paint, you know, whatever she wanted to do. And of course, later on, the paper got smaller and smaller as she grew and she got better control of uh, the pen and brushes. Mm, mm. Um, and now she's on to, you know, the A4, mm, the Chinese mm. size. So I believe that when it comes to art, there is not really a right or a wrong. You know, there's no right or wrong mm. when it comes to art. At least, I think, for my daughter. Um, especially for Chinese, mm -hmm. a lot of Chinese mm -hmm. parents here and, mm -hmm. and gra grandparents. You know, when their kids start to draw... They'll be like, no, 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 it's not like that. Mm. Or uh, that doesn't look like a monkey. <laughs> you know, that's not right. And I, I never mm. said that to my daughter. I think I wanted her to express mm -hmm. herself freely. You know, I know that it takes a lot of practice for you to have mm -hmm. better control of your pen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's another issue, right? I believe mm -hmm. that she has something in her mind mm. and that she wants to express. 
And she's using this brush or this pen to um, bring that out on paper. But, you know, her muscles are not trained as uh, she's, you know, much, much better now at expressing herself. You just re kind of uh, putting her thoughts on mind. Um, but it has to start from somewhere. So, you know, when her when she first started drawing horses, it was totally out of proportion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, that she's much better at this now. Um, so I never really, you know, judged her mm -hmm, works. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, this is an age where we have so much of everything, including artworks, mm -hmm. um, you know, when it comes to picture books. Right. When it comes to other kinds mm -hmm. of um, images, um, paper products, even art pieces, I think the, the standards, maybe it's a little different now. And I think originality, you don't see that as much. Mm. And especially with all these art classes that, you know, parents are making mm. their mm. kids take. I believe that there's no right and wrong when it comes to art, um, especially for my daughter, because I think originality is much more important than whether or not this looks like a monkey, you know? That's what a lot of um, other people care about. Oh, does it look like it? Have you done it right? But um, I haven't really, you know, forced that kind of mentality onto my daughter. I want her to be free. Just draw whatever you want to draw. 
um, no pressure. Well, actually, mm-hmm. I work as a teacher trainer. I teach other teachers how to be teachers. Oh. One of the very important things that we teach them is, hey, you know, whatever you're doing, show the kids what to do. And then whatever they do, just tell them great job. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's really important. So maybe you're just mm. making something as simple as a monster out of old toilet paper tubes, you know, out of cardboard with googly eyes and paint and stuff. But their, if their monster has, mm-hmm. you know, five eyes, great. The model that you showed them had two, great. It's like, let the children express themselves right. however they want to. Learning how mm-hmm. to paint is one thing, exactly. but learning what to paint is something that should be left up to each individual learner. There's this quote. I remember this quote from, I think it was by Picasso. He said that something to the effects of, it's taken me like a lifetime to learn how to draw hmm. like a child. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't I've... heard that particular. I mean, I haven't read books about Picasso, so I'm sure he said a lot of things. <laughs> I read this somewhere. I mean, he can draw like a normal person. You know, like an excellent, he can draw like an excellent artist, you know, he can, he can actually make replicas of paintings, Mm. but then that seems like the rudimentary stage for him, Mm. you Mm -hmm. know, he went way beyond that and his, the works that we are familiar with. I mean, to most of us, normal people, we feel like, you know, what is that? You know, why is her face all so distorted, right? Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. is her eye over there instead of where it should be? <laughs> um, I think it's, you know, my interpretation is it's taken him a long time um, to complete the process of becoming a normal artist, an excellent mm. artist. And then he went further, you know, he went, uh, he dug out some natural part of, uh, maybe it's in all of us or, you know, especially in him. And he found ways of expressing that. And I think it's a little bit like kids drawing, you know, like when you see little uh, drawing by little kids, natural ones, they're not really in the right proportion and they might not be like the things you see in our daily lives, but it's something. That's a lot about art is like being able to express yourself. I want to talk really quickly about graffiti. Oh, the things people paint on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the United States, graffiti, like if you're not given permission, then like it's kind of like you. that's bad. You shouldn't do that. Mm. Uh, There's a famous painter, Jean-Michel Basquiat. He paints uh, very abstract paintings or painted very abstract. He died when he was very young, 27 years old. But he one of the ways that he became famous, he had this brilliant idea that he would go into New York Mm -hmm. and not just make paintings, which he did, but he also went and what we call tagged, Mm -hmm. which is make graffiti all over the city and signed it. And he went all over New York and he made graffiti. And so he became this (laughs) well-known graffiti artist and that helped him move into the art scene. He was able to move into the art scene because everyone Mm -hmm. in New York was very familiar with his graffiti. When I came to Beijing, I thought, oh, mm. you know, there's gonna, this is gonna be taboo. You can't do graffiti. And even I, I thought that for many years, even after seeing graffiti mm-hmm. in different places. And I met some different graffiti artists mm-hmm. that lived in Beijing. And what I learned was the police actually don't care that much as long as mm. it's not like inappropriate. Like actually, they're 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 really fond of it. And if you go to some neighborhoods, right. <laughs> it's highly encouraged that people do graffiti. Mm. in some places. So you'll find these really beautiful Mm. masterpieces. So we were talking about Pingua community. If you walk just to the east of there, there are several like Mm -hmm. old brick walls that have been there. I'm not even sure why they're there. They're just demarcate property and stuff. And Mm. they're just covered in like graffiti for like blocks. And it's just absolutely some of it's really beautiful and people are constantly graffitiing over the old Mm. graffiti and i think that it's really interesting that there's actually a huge Mm -hmm. graffiti like scene if you will 
in China, just like there is, you know, in mm. San Francisco or L.A. or New York. That's going on here in China, too. And I think a lot of our listeners in the United States might be a little surprised by that. But I, I encourage you when you come to China mm-hmm. to go to Pingua and walk east a little bit and see some of the amazing graffiti artists. Mm. I actually saw another thing. I mm-hmm. knew one of these graffiti artists. Ooh. There is a sculpture in Pingua that's like a permanent installation there. Mm-hmm. And it's been signed by a graffiti artist pretending that they did it because because it's a sign. Uh, yes, okay. yes, yes. It's been signed by so and so. Like it's actually, it's not that person that did this sculpture. Mm. I just, I find that really cool too. Actually, I really like the creative expression that is allowed right. in, in so many places. Now, uh, that reminds me, there is um, kind of, I'm not sure if it's a trend, um, but it's something interesting that caught people's attention and it went viral um, online. You know, these short videos, Mm. there are these young people, Mm -hmm. you know, some people, they're returning Mm -hmm. to their countryside and to Mm -hmm. rebuild their Mm -hmm. hometown. And I saw videos of these. um, They're like separate places, several young young people. They are artists Mm -hmm. and they've taken to painting these walls of uh, the the village buildings. Wow, that's really cool. Like they'll just start painting. I mean, it's sort of graffiti, but it's kind of a different style Mm -hmm. from the ones we would see in New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when we th- talk about graffiti in New York City, you kind of have images of, you know, certain pictures. I don't know what they are, but they they, <laughs> they <laughs> seem very modern, sometimes bizarre at times. Um, but these ones, they are closer to real life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, basically, they're just painting. They wanted to make their villages more beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, they would paint on the walls of, uh, you know, people's homes or these uh, public buildings. And some of them became very well known. Mm. Um, And they've actually been drawing tours uh, into the villages, into Mm. the countryside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something I've read about this too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there was a a man. This wasn't a graffiti artist as much as just a guy who was like, hey, you know, let's beautify this. Let me let me just Mm. mention a town in um, California. There's a place called Santa Cruz Mm -hmm. and it's a surfing place. People go there to surf, but it's because it's really close to Big Sur, which is actually better surfing. It's a little to the south Mm -hmm. of there. But Santa Cruz is all these pastel colors. The whole city is like all these different beautiful pastel colors. Mm. And so the city, you know, it just looks like a normal city if, you, if it was just like painted like a normal city. Right. But instead, they've chosen bright, bright colors and Pink, like pastel yellow. colors. <laughs> yes. And so I saw the same thing in an article. I think it was on like, oh, I can't remember where it was, like the People's Daily or something. Mm. And it was like a village like you're talking about. There wasn't so much graffiti this particular village, but they just started painting all, all the houses just like were concrete. You know, they look like. Right. So he, this guy was like, oh, mm-hmm. let's just paint the village so he painted it Mm. very much in this style of like santa cruz and there's like pink house Mm. you know blue house bright blue house and red house and all the houses are all different colors and it looks so beautiful now the whole entire village has Mm. been beautified by just painting it and that's really you know that's art that's really cool and it's it's beautiful to see that someone would beautify everyone's life who lives in that village by just turning it into something very simple just with some cans of paint it's right. just amazing. And also, that's a, I mean, it's a small picture of a larger trend, how some younger, like more of the younger generation are thinking about returning to their hometowns, mm-hmm. home villages. I mean, it's, it's not easy to settle in Beijing or Shanghai, right, mm-hmm. with housing mm-hmm. prices mm-hmm. so high. And Chinese people have this mentality. A lot of us, you know, it's like, you want to own your own house. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. wants to mm-hmm. own your own house, but maybe it, the, the urge is stronger in the mind of uh, the Chinese people, because uh, it's a, it, may, it came from a agriculture 
a background where farmers, you know, they have mm-hmm. land. Land was their most precious possession. Mm. So you want to own your land. Um, but this generation, younger generation, I think they're more flexible, you know, and a lot of them, they see the beauty of the countryside mm-hmm. in the past. You no, know, their fathers and mothers, they're the former like gener- generation worked hard to mm. get out of mm-hmm. the countryside, the rural areas to move into the city and yeah. to settle down so that their kids can flourish in the in the city, especially in big cities. But now more and more young people started to see maybe there are other choices, mm. you know, than toiling away in a cubicle <laughs> mm. and mm. working till, you know, 10, 11, midnight uh, in a high rise building. And so more going back to find out another way of, uh, mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. And um, some of these artistic ones, you know, can think mm-hmm. of why don't I do something for my village? Yeah. And maybe this will turn into a more beautiful place and more people can come to visit. It's not that unusual mm-hmm. nowadays, you know, to go visit, say, a remote village and to find a coffee house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds fine in the States or in European uh, towns and countries. But um, in China, you know, you don't find coffee houses in rural villages. <laughs> but or you should say you wouldn't have a few years ago. A few years ago. <laughs> but nowadays, maybe even um, modern looking libraries, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where you actually go into the courtyard, you discover something else. Mm-hmm. It could be um, a very fancy uh, coffee house mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know, something else. It's just something new starting. Um, quite exciting, actually. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about like art and by the kind of art that we mean, we really meant Renaissance art or art that came, you know, on a canvas that is painted with acrylic or with like a oil painting. But China has mm. a very long thousand millennia old art styles of its own, including, I think, and really popular mm. lately in the last 20 years, calligraphy. And I was oh, wondering, I do you calligraphy. do calligraphy? Does your daughter do calligraphy? Uh, not yet. We're going to do it. Like this is something I not mentioned yet. at the beginning of the show. I have a list of things I want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like maybe um, after retirement or, you know, when my daughter goes to college, mm. this is like on the top of the list. Mm. I, I don't know. See, this is something I want to ask you about or, you know, other people who don't know Chinese. Mm-hmm. So when you see calligrapher pieces, mm-hmm. maybe not really the... I'm looking at one right now. I have one in, in my home. I'm staring at it. It's hung on the wall. My wife loves like, these things. She tries to do it. She has the nice. sets. Like, I want to know, for people who don't know Chinese, mm-hmm. okay, who don't recognize the meaning of these characters, do you see beauty oh in my chi- Chinese calligraphy? It's so incredibly beautiful. Actually, I remember when I was young, there was a TV show. I can't remember the name of the TV mm. show. I think it's called Kung Fu, the legend or something. But in the TV show, I, I, I saw Chinese for the first time. This he this man, he was sick mm-hmm. and he wrote down a bunch of Chinese characters and he, he gave it to someone to go to the like go to Chinatown to get this traditional Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. I remember saying my to my dad, mm-hmm. dad, can people read that? And, and I was thinking about how beautiful it was. It looked like pictures <laughs> to me. And he's like, yeah, people in another country, mm-hmm. billions of people can read that, Jason. It's like writing. <laughs> and I was like, but, you know, I think there's a fascination even 
comparison that like uh, Western people have with how Chinese characters look that it probably looks more beautiful to mm. us even because it's mysterious. It's like, what does that mean? What is mm. why are they using the shape in this way? You know, why is this shape different? And it, it just so beautiful. A lot of young people, you may know that they get tattoos mm. on their bodies right. that say Chinese things like love or whatever. And sometimes <laughs> they're not sure what, is, what they yeah. mean and they get characters. <laughs> exactly. Like they're just like, okay, I want this one. But that means, you know, something like this. I don't care. It's just beautiful. Put it on me. <laughs> <laughs> so for so for you, even though you don't know the meaning of the characters, but something about the like the structure and the balance of these characters. Mm, mm. Because when I yeah. see beautiful calligraphy, um, and I I, I mean I I'm not learning enough to appreciate all kinds, mm. but there are certain kinds. When I see them, it's like the pleasure you feel is direct. Mm. You know, it's like it hits you right in the heart when you see beautiful calligraphy. Mm -hmm. Somehow, somehow what you see with your eyes translate into pure joy mm. that's felt in your heart. And sometimes so beautiful that literally you, you can feel your heart going soft mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of this character that's just written with black ink, you know, mm. on like paper. I don't quite understand why it is. I think maybe for people who study aesthetics, mm. like mm. what humans respond to and what humans consider to be beautiful, maybe there are rules behind like when these horizontal lines and that vertical line are structured a certain way, it's appreciated by mm -hmm. humans. You know, somehow it's wired in our brain. It's almost mystical. You know, I don't quite understand. But maybe for people who have done this for, for, for a long time, for decades, they get the, um, the pattern you know, of how we respond to the proportions or structures of, you know, lines, basically. They're lines on paper, right? But if you put them in a certain way, it's like architecture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I, I can think of it as almost like architecture. Mm -hmm. You know, how mm -hmm. these... Are you a fan of architecture? Uh, I don't really know much about architecture, but I think... Even for people who don't know. Do you like buildings? Do I like buildings? If you like buildings, then you're a fan. Yeah. I like nice yeah. ones. <laughs> I don't like ugly ones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I'm talking about. When human eyes, when they see something beautiful, they feel it, right? I don't understand why I think it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, when I see those n nicely written characters, but it just hits me. I I'm sure there are fields of studies, you know, to find out why we naturally appreciate certain mm, things. Mm. And maybe you can tell me about it. You know, what's what about the calligraphy that, that hits you, that make you think it's beautiful? Oh, you mentioned the word balance. I think there's a lot of that there. But I mean, as a Western person mm. looking at Chinese characters, I'm not sure that I'm positioned to have any kind of real judgment there. But what I can tell for our listeners who are in the United States is that it's so appreciated over here. People literally adorn their doors. Mm. So like if you walk up to people's homes mm. on the door, over the door and on the side, right? side of the door and on the left side of the door oftentimes people will mm. put like things that mean like prosperity and wealth and things right the couplets yeah right? yeah around yeah. their doors a lot of people have it on in their house mm. and you know what's really interesting people's names are art too you know because it's used as chinese characters mm -hmm. old paintings that have been painted like from classical periods throughout chinese history mm. if an emperor or someone important mm. really liked that painting they'll just take their mm. personal stamp and put ink on it it's and mine. stamp the painting. It also becomes part of the art. So you'll find paintings mm. that have like three or four or five different yeah, imp imperial seals paint. all over it where it's like, ah, right. yes, I approve of how beautiful this poem mm -hmm. and painting are. So I'm putting my seal on it. You know, I think um, maybe I'm just guessing for people who don't really read Chinese, mm. when you see those characters, you probably appreciate the beauty of it mm -hmm. even more. 
because you are not burdened. You're not burdened with the trying to find out what he means. You know, you see what you see. Hmm. And maybe for you, like when I see in a particular way. Yeah, maybe, you know, when I see my daughter, write. I mean, she's in first grade. She's just learning. She's learning to Hmm. read in Chinese, Hmm. but she writes a little bit. And when she writes, you know, she's basically making a drawing. Hmm. Hmm. She's not uh, seeing that as a character. She <laughs> looks at this character and she tries to like replicate it, but in you know in the totally quote unquote the wrong order of things. Mm. But she's drawing a picture, copying it out, and maybe that's how she sees it. You know, for me, when I see the characters, they mean something, and that meaning um, takes over mm-hmm. uh, the beauty of it. So maybe for you, what you see just like you know, uh, architect <laughs> architecture written in name. I think you're right in a way. I think some way it's more beautiful in one way, but it, it might be more because it's a different kind of with the meaning. Because mm. I've learned what Chinese characters mean, some of them. Mm-hmm. And I know a couple thousand. So I can see wow. when I see a sentence, I see, mm, okay, I know a few. It's, it's not actually that many. There's so many Chinese characters to know. Mm. So um, when I see a sentence, I'll pick out parts that I know. And mm-hmm. it makes me feel happy because I can start to decode right. the sentence. I'm sure that knowing, you know, your side, being able to read a poem mm-hmm. and reflect on the meaning and the beauty of the characters, there's also a lot there. Yeah. 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 Because the, it's just more content that you can consume from the same object. Right. to switch gears a little bit mm, sure. to architecture again mm-hmm. if you don't need to be an expert in architecture to appreciate architecture mm-hmm. so uh, really quickly there are two thing areas i want to cover but first one is traditional chinese like tang dynasty kind of like architecture in china i think is extremely mm. beautiful and i think most people in the west mm. also think it's extremely beautiful and i think that's one of the draws for people going into like a chinatown you know, they have the gate, the gate when you enter into Chinatown, for right. example, right. in America, there's like a gate and they have these gates in China, too. A gate with no doors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> right? like a giant gate. And it's just like a, a little piece of architecture. It doesn't serve any mm. other function than to say, here is where this area begins. Right. But they have them right. in China. They're huge ones all over the place. And they're just like, hey, this is where our village is, or this is where the factory is, or this is, and they're just everywhere. And they're mm. so beautiful. Right. In addition to the old like Buddhist and Taoist temples mm. that use the same kind of architecture. I think that you know, for Chinese people, maybe I've talked to them. They're like, oh, yeah, that's an old building. But for like Western people, like they're like, <laughs> yeah. wow, that's art. That's beautiful. You know, and I think that maybe <laughs> this is one of those things that we see. You would that, appreciate you know, we, we're, we're like, wow. I, <laughs> I remember this reminds me one of my coworkers. This is this was like years ago. And once he went on a business trip uh, with us and maybe to a remote village or something. And um, and he actually brought back, I think, a piece of was it wood or like a block of cement (laughs) from an old building? Okay, this is like, you know, a pile of like garbage right, for the local people. Yeah, Yeah, rubble. (laughs) Like people would have to pay somebody to get it out of there. And he found this piece, maybe like the end of a wood stick from this uh, gate or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this is so beautiful. 
And it was like, what, 50 pounds? Or it was really heavy. And he brought it all the way back to the UK. Wow. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine like how amazed those villagers were? It's like, what's wrong with this foreigner? <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he picked up a piece of garbage and like flew it all the way. You know, you remind me of something. Cowboys in Japan were really popular in like the early 90s. Mm. Suddenly cowboys became super trendy. And I lived in this town uh, called Oakdale, California. Mm. It calls itself the cowboy capital of the world. So suddenly mm. pieces of junk laying around that we were like, yeah, this is just, you know, junk garbage. <laughs> Japanese tourists started like buying them right. and flying them back to Japan and selling <laughs> them for insane amounts of money. And it became a thing for a, yeah. like a year or two mm. where like suddenly a bunch of junk in mm -hmm. Oakdale became super valuable <laughs> to these Japanese, you know, yeah. so Sometimes I, I don't think it's always clear, like your friend, like, you know, there's so much in China that mm -hmm. just looks like old stuff to a lot of Chinese people. Mm -hmm. But when, you know, Westerners come and see it, they're just like, wow, I can't believe this. You know, <laughs> I love to go to old Buddhist temples. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a Buddhist, but mm -hmm. I love to see the architecture. So I went to a lot of the Buddhist temples in Beijing because... Some of them are really old, like they're 2000 year old buildings there. Mm. And, mm. you know, you guys are like, oh, that's just the old building in the neighborhood. But like, or maybe right. the Buddhist is like, I go, I go there to pray, you know, it's functional. But like, I go mm. there with a camera and I'm just like, wow, look at those <laughs> tiles. That tile mm. is like 1500 years old. It's so gorgeous. Look at the arch in that building. And I'm just like, you know, <laughs> you know, the way that some people look at cars, they're like, oh, wow, this car is so beautiful. I look at like yeah. all these old buildings. A pile way. of metal on wheels for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So how, exactly. how does your wife feel about this? Your fascination with um art and you know old temples in beijing <laughs> you know she is a buddhist so it worked out really well so she's mm, like she nice. goes there to for a different purpose she's like wow mm -hmm. you know i'm here to pray and in the meantime mm. behind her somewhere jason's like, walking around with a camera yeah well you know it's it's a good team she takes care of the spiritual part of it right and you capture <laughs> yeah. the artistic aspects of it i think that's wonderful and, you know, I just want I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I wanted to mention something I was thinking of. Um, I remember this short video um, of ceramics mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. these are some famed like beloved ceramic pieces by these Qing empress mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, at least three of them and their styles are dramatically different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for one, uh, for one emperor these pieces of ceramics were completely clean. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole piece of is of one color. Uh, mm -hmm. Usually some, like, you would say it's blue, but it's not like the blue you know as blue. You know, it's like a mm -hmm. subtle mm -hmm. yeah, shade yeah, yeah, yeah. of blue. And then this is red. You see, like, we see red, but it's a, you know, a subtle different shade of red. Mm. But it, they're completely um, clean and simple, and there is very strong elegance to it. And then another emperor, you know, he's the vase he liked. The, the, it was like as adorned as possible. Mm -hmm. Like you can't really stick on another thing on it. It's so layered mm -hmm. and jumbled with, with things and images. Mm. And then, you know, the, the, the other emperor, I don't remember the style, maybe somewhere in between. But I'm thinking how these um, artworks, I mean, those were not for eating. Mm -hmm. Those were just mm -hmm. art pieces, can reflect the personality mm -hmm. of the collector. You know, you can tell these two are completely different 
they have completely different personality from the, you know, the dress they like to wear. The women they fall in love with are completely two different styles. But, you know, the, these ceramic pieces are just, uh, they, they show it perfectly. Right. We maybe only have a few minutes left, but I wanted to talk mm. about something that Chinese people, I think, think is a little ugly. And that is the CCTV mm. tower in Beijing. I hear a lot of people refer oh. to it as... Go ahead, baby. What, what, do you, what do you guys call well, it? Well, for me, we call it the pants. The, pants. the big pants. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think what we mean is the big pair of shorts. Da is usually like shorts. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. what I'm thinking about when I see that building um, is whether or not it, it can actually hold up. Because there's a whole segment just leaving, just left out there without support, it seems to me. <laughs> so, you know, I wouldn't really want to stand underneath that part <laughs> or actually yeah. be, be, be like working um, in that building at that part. But uh, aesthetic wise, I mean, it's very unique. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I got to give it that. I grew up on science fiction. I watched like Star Wars and Alien and all of these movies about space and like the future and like future buildings. And mm-hmm. like when I see the CCTV tower, I see 500 years in the future. It makes me, wow. you know, all these buildings just go up, you know, they just go mm-hmm. up and they're all big at the bottom and smaller at the smaller at the top or they're just a giant mm-hmm. rectangular prism that goes into the sky. Right. What I see when I see the CCTV tower is like someone trying to do something very different. Mm. And when I see it, I see like, wow, this could be if it wasn't already in Beijing right now, it could be like in a science fiction movie about the year 2500. It would just be like a backdrop was like with like a spaceship flying by Mm. it. It looks so amazing to me. (laughs) Yeah, you know, before it was built, I saw pictures of it and I was like, they're going to build this? No way. When I got to Beijing, one of the first things I I went to do is I actually sat down across the street Mm -hmm. on the dirt where there there was a building. There's a building now, but there wasn't that that time. Mm. I was just sitting on the dirt with a big like a piece of paper and chalk. And I was drawing the CCTV tower because I was trying to absorb it, you know, into my psyche. All these workers like came by, you know, like with their hard hats Mm -hmm. and stuff. And they're like looking at me like, what's wrong with this guy? (laughs) So I was sitting there in the dirt and all these people in hard hats are like laughing and smiling. At that time, I (laughs) I spoke almost no Chinese. So I I really had no Mm. idea what they were saying, but they were all like looking at my picture and looking at it. And they were like kind of giggling and stuff. I imagine that they were just like fascinated that someone thought it was beautiful. Mm. But or maybe maybe they were like, oh, this foreigner is like drawing this. Maybe he appreciates Chinese architecture. I have no idea. Or maybe just nobody has sat there and, you know, draw a picture of it before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's an absolutely beautiful building. about another building sure. before we run out of time. Sure. It's the China's National Performing Arts Center. Mm, the mm. silver egg yeah, yeah. right next to the Tiananmen Square. Yeah, now, that beautiful. was actually pretty controversial. Why? Because, I mean, next to it, 
really close to it. it it's the Tiananmen Square, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's kind of like traditional style. So all of a sudden, not so far removed, like walking distance from the center yeah. of Beijing with the Imperial Palace and all, mm-hmm. you see this half naked silver egg it just set you know set in a puddle of water <laughs> that's you know that's how some people thought it's of it so gorgeous it is gorgeous it's gorgeous but then you know because it's so different from what's next to it mm-hmm. from the symbol of beijing you know what people think of when they think of beijing the first mm. uh piece of arch- architecture they think of right you know the imperial palace the forbidden city mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. just few minutes walking distance from it you see this something completely like from the other side of the world and at first people weren't used to it yeah. well, not, not like everybody but it was something that people talked about but it's beautiful on its own so what, what do you think about when it? i first saw it i was going by in a cab and i couldn't believe my eyes i was just like oh my god <laughs> that is so incredibly beautiful yeah. and it took me a couple years to figure out like oh there's symphonies in there and stuff mm. and so i was able to go inside it's nice inside. it's really actually con- like 360 degrees of water so you have to go under the in front of the water in a st- staircase to enter. Right. At night, they light it up purple and I think uh, well, cause blue, mm. purple and blue, and they change the colors using mm. light on the outside. It is such a beautiful building. There are so many beautiful, mm. like hyper modern or to use a cliche term, postmodern buildings all over China now that I think are really, really gorgeous and add beauty to, mm. to the cities. And also... The Daxing Airport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The newest the international airport that looks like an octopus. That's what the, the Phoenix? I thought it was an octopus. But that's what they call they call it the Phoenix. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Got it wrong. No, no, no. It's okay. It's I I mean I I've never seen it aerially other than in photos because, you know, mm-hmm. it's I don't know. Maybe I didn't look from the airplane window clearly enough, but I've been in it. It's nice. It's like a giant mall with airplanes. Mm. Well, anyhow, you know, all these places we talked about, um, hopefully. You know, I'll be going back there. I was imagining that I will be going to, you know, the National Art Center for mm. performances, for concerts and operas and musicals. But I was imagining it in my, you know, older age when my daughter is in, in college. But ho- maybe, you know, this will be moved forward and we can take her along to 798 Mm-hmm. Uh, to mm-hmm. Wukasong mm-hmm. and all the places you mentioned, uh, hopefully not too far into the future, because I think our schedules are a little bit disrupted, you know, by the yeah. pandemic. And we have this pandemic mentality. You can you know? go to the NCPA. It is open. We went after the pandemic. And it, as long as there's not right. a current like lockdown, you can absolutely go mm-hmm. there. And there are performances on a weekly basis, three or four different performances right. there. Actually, they have a place here, too, in, in Wuhan called the Qintai mm. Theater, which is similar to the, the yes. NCPA. And I've been there already as right. well. We saw some, an amazing six piece doing like symphonic masterpieces. Amazing. They did like, they wow. they went off script. They did all of this like improv mm. symphony. So it was like Mozart with improv. It was amazing. It was some of the most mu- beautiful music I've ever heard. I, we are out of time, baby. I want to thank you <laughs> and your wife. Sure, for, I want to thank you. For contributing to the art scene and also to, um, you know, the music industry, the performance in- industry. You know, it's people like you, you know, viewers and uh, um, the audience that bring this alive. So and sustain also the industry. So thank you guys. And thank you, our listeners. It's uh, It's been a fast hour, <laughs> but we'll be back. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.